Praise God. I felt I feel led to tell you something after church. Amen. Hallelujah. After I get through. This night, <clears throat> we want to talk about disappointment tonight. Can you imagine how Moses felt when God was using him so well? I mean, you know, that's the parting of the Red Sea, and they were murmuring and complaining. You know, they had the the, the water was uh, bitter, and God showed him how to make it sweet, and they needed uh, manna from heaven. They had, uh, God gave them, they complained, and God gave them flesh, and then uh, God gave them water out of the rock, and I mean, so many things that they did, but they chided with Moses all the time, you know. So how disappointing that must have been to Moses. And I think probably the greatest disappointment to Moses was when he sent the 12 spies out and the 10 came back with a negative report and convinced all the people of Israel that they were not able to enter in. But Caleb said, well, but well able, you know, to enter in and, and Joshua, you know, and, and they were the only ones, praise God, that were able to enter in because of their faith. The other people, as Hebrews tells us, they all died in the day of provocation because they didn't believe God. Amen. So uh, they didn't believe the word. So, it, it, you know, so, so what a disappointment, you know, that was. And so you and I, you know, tonight, you know, this discouragement or disappointment is unhappiness and discouragement when you, your hopes or expectations uh, are not met. They're not satisfied, praise God. And so, you know, I was sat in the chair the other day and I was reflecting on my life and I was reflecting on all the things that have happened and different events in my life and different things and stuff. And so I, there were circumstances in my life that disappointed me. There's people in my life that disappointed me, praise God. And uh, things that happened in my life, praise God. And, and one of the things is that Part of the uh, disappointment was that I didn't live up to what I felt was my expectations as a, as a man of God or as a person or as a husband, you know? Uh, I feel like I, I reflected and I, and I thought to myself, you know, I, I haven't lived up to Sally's expectations, you know, of me as, as a husband and, and, you know, in my life, you know? And so, but... I, I know she loves me, and I love her, praise God, but still, you know, sometimes we don't even live up to our own expectations and, and so, uh, and our own failures. But no matter, you know, who disappoints us, what disappoints us, or our disappointments in ourselves, we know that God loves us. Amen. In spite of all the things, you know, uh, when, we go, when we have disappointments, the most important thing is to know that God is with us and God loves us. We know all things work together for good to them that love God who are called according to his purpose. And so, you know, uh, he, he was disappointed with, with, uh, with people, you know, and that, how discouraging that was for him. And then, then you have uh, David, 
Can you imagine how disappointed he was with Saul? Because he was loyal to Saul. He, he uh, you know, he, he uh, killed Goliath, you know, for him. And then he went out to battle. And, and of course, they made the songs about, you know, how that uh, he had killed thousands, but David killed 10,000 because of his jealousy. Then he tried to kill him. And, and look how long he pursued him. How disappointed he must have been in Saul because he loved Saul. You know, he cared for him. And uh, he recognized that he was God's anointed or he would have taken his life when he had the opportunity. You know, and here, uh, how disappointing it was for him because he was pursuing him and he was in the cave. And the psalmist tells us that he longed for the house of God. He longed for the presence of God and to be able to go and, and to worship the Lord. And so that how disappointed he was in Saul. But how disappointed David must have been in his own failure because of, you know, adultery and because he had Uriah killed, put him on the front line, had him killed. You know, how, much, how disappointed, he, you know, he must have been in himself. And, and even as Psalm 51 tells us how he repents of all of his sin and, you know, his very bones, you know, it affected his health and everything. And he, and he said, creating me a clean heart and renew a, a right spirit within me, you know. He, you know, he, he longed to be right with God. It's unfortunate that it took Nathan the prophet to confront him with his sin in order for him to address the sin in his own life. And, you know, sometimes, you know, people think that they can get away with something, and they he thought, you know, I, I can get away with this. But, you know, he said, thou art the man. And so, you know, that brought him to his knees. And he also came to realize how that his sin was affecting the whole nation of Israel. And so sometimes, you know, what we do affects other people. But he was disappointed in himself, in his failure. And then you take uh, Jonah, <laughs> praise God. You know, what he, you know, we see that he wanted to run away from God and then he was in the whale and God, you know, you know and, and then he repented and he, and he vomited him up on the, on the shore and the second time he answered the call and he went to Nineveh and he preached the gospel and they fasted and they prayed and, and he was very angry, it says, you know, uh, in verse chapter 4, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly. He was very angry. <laughs> Praise God. And the reason why, you know, is that, uh, he, you know, God, he wanted God to smite him out. He wanted God, you know, you know, you know vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. It's not vengeance according to Jonah or to us, praise God, no matter how wretched a man is or a woman, no matter how uh, degraded they are, how, how far they fall into, into sin and everything, praise God, and, and even if they have done something to us or whatever in the, their misery and in their sin, you know, we are to forgive them. You know, just like we are to, you know, like God forgave the prodigal. We're, we're to forgive people when they do, do something wrong. And here, he wanted God to take, take him out and everything, and he was so upset about it, he wanted to die. You know, oh, you know, if you're not going to kill him, you know, I might as well die. <laughs> and then, 
you know, God provided the gourd, and, and so uh, it was world comfortable, and he liked it and everything. And what happened? And God uh, had it dry up and everything, and then the, the heat beat on him, and, and, and it got really hot and everything. And he was all upset about the gourd. He wanted to ha have mercy on the gourd, but he didn't want to have mercy on, the Israel, uh, on Nineveh. And so God, you know, he, he reminded him, he says, Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd, for the which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which came up in a, um, a night in Paris. Should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand, you know, hundred thousands, thousands of persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand and also much cattle. So here, you know, uh, he was disappointed because he didn't get his way. You know, he is disappointed. You know, and we realize the Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. It wasn't for Jonah to have vengeance on them. It, it was for God. But when they repented of their sin and everything, God had mercy on them. And sometimes there's people that are on death row. There's people that murder people. There's people that are violent. There's people that do ungodly things. But when they repent and they receive Jesus and the Holy Ghost comes in their lives and everything, they're changed by the power of God. Amen. So we have to forgive them. You know, I'll never forget when they had that years ago when that church in Georgia, that black church in Georgia, where the guy went in and was in the Bible study, and it killed all these people and everything. But what did they say? What did they? They forgave him. They forgave him. The mercy of God. They forgave him and prayed and wanted the, the young man to get saved and to get right with God. Well, I tell you what, that'd be a, a hard pill to swallow. That'd be difficult, especially if it was one of your own family members that was murdered and stuff. But, you know... That's the God that we serve. And so, uh, you know, there's the expectations that he wanted them to be killed, but, you know, God is a, a merciful God. And then, what, what about um, Peter's expectations? You know, I mean, he, he said, that what the Christ is the Son of the living God. And then, then he was going to try to say that you're not going to go there and be crucified. And you're not going to die. You know, I'm going to, you know, defend you or whatever. And he said, get thee behind me, Satan. You know, because uh, so, that wasn't the will of God. But what about Peter <coughs> and his expectations? <clears throat> he expected not to deny the Lord. He expected to be faithful for, to, to Jesus to the end. He, said, I'm, he says, I'm not going to, I won't deny you. You know, I'll be there for you, Lord. And what? He denied him three times. And then... You know, so what expectations that he had for himself and then the, his failure. But aren't you, again, it's the love of God because, you know, when they, in, in the latter part of the, part of the book of John, then Jesus was with him and three times he asked him, lovest thou me? He's telling him to feed the sheep and he tells him to feed the lambs and sheep. You know, he says, lovest thou me? And finally, Peter says, thou knowest I love you. you know, but at the same time, you know, he, God, 
you know, he, to repent. God restored him. Jesus restored him. And he loved him, praise God, in spite of what happened. But can you imagine? He wept bitterly. Amen. In other words, he didn't expect that he would ever do that. And so we, but thank God, even when we don't live up to our expectations and even when we fail, praise God, God is a God of love. God is a lot of mercy, praise God. And so it doesn't matter if it's people. You know, one of the, I thought, I was reflecting. We took the church in Dover 40-something years ago, 40-plus years ago. And uh, they voted us in. And I don't know if Sally remembers. You remember Fred and Edith Pinkerton? Right. Well, anyways, I got saved. Whoops. I got saved, and I grew up in the church all my life until I went to Bible college. And um, so they, when they voted on us, on the church, my home church, we was there five and a half years, had good ministry, probably shouldn't have left, you know. But anyways, um, they didn't want us to be the pastor. So they left the church. Huh. Now, I knew it was God's will, so, and Sally knew, and everything, and we didn't have a problem, we just went on, but guess what? You know, my expectations, you know, of, of people sometimes, and people let you down sometimes. Amen? And so you just, you go on with the help of the Lord, and you just do what God wants you to do. But every single year, every single year, we went Christmas caroling to their house. And they were so happy to see me. They loved me, hugged me and everything, praise God. But they left the church. Well, you just don't understand all this kind of stuff. But sometimes your expectations with people, and I, don't, I, can, stand, I can stand here all night and talk about expectations with people, you know, and how people fail you sometimes and you expect certain things, praise God. But at the same time, like I said before, you know, uh, there's things that you expect of yourself. And sometimes we falter and sometimes we fall short of our own expectations of what we should do and how we should live and how we should pray and how we should worship and all that kind of stuff. Amen. But then, you know, we go to, so we can talk about different expectations, different people, uh, circumstances with expectations we're going to talk about now, uh, people with expectations, our own failures with, with uh, expectations. But when you look at Job, Job lost his family. He lost his wealth, his cattle and everything. You know, and he lost all of everything. He lost, even lost his health. Even... You know, the second time round, you know, after he took out all the other stuff, he touched his flesh and he, he'll, you know, you know he'll uh, not serve you. <laughs> you know, curse you. And uh, he won't maintain his integrity. The devil's saying, if, you're, if you, but he afflicted him with boils. 
And then, talking about expectations, you know, you, you expect your wife to stand by your side. <laughs> you know? And so he has these boils, and, and, you know, she's telling him, why don't you curse, jo curse God and die? <laughs> My goodness. So here, you know, uh, we look at the circumstances, and we look at the expectations. He didn't expect to lose everything. He didn't expect, you know, in just a short time, it's seemingly uh, interesting that one person escaped this place and one person escaped this place and one in order to give him the bad news, <laughs> to tell him all these things that, that were happening. And so here, you know, he had probably high expectations for his children. He had expectations. And, and we know that Job helped a lot of people. You know, he wasn't selfish with his wealth. And that tells us that in the end. You know, he wasn't selfish with his, his wealth. You know, he gave to people and everything, did a lot of stuff. And so, you know, here there's expectation, the, the circumstances and, and, and people, praise God. And then, you know, in, in a way, we're going to get to it. You know, he probably had higher expectations of himself. But at the same time, you know, as we're going to see, he never charged God foolishly. <laughs> Praise God for, for everything that was happening. And not only that, we are jumping ahead a little bit, is that not only did he lose everything, and his wife said that, but now his three friends, they're saying, man, there must be something wrong with you, Job. You must have sinned. There must be something in your life because all these things happened to you. Boy, they... <laughs> They were nice friends. Amen? But what's, what's such a wonderful aspect of Job continues to react, you know, and, and when he's disappointed, praise the Lord, and respond because of what happened. He says here in verse 20 of chapter 1, Then Job arose, rent his mantle, shaved his head, you know, he humbled himself. He was a man of integrity in spite of everything that was happening. He's a man of integrity. His head, he fell down upon the ground and worshipped. You know, he's the only one that's recorded in the book of Job that worshipped God. And he had all these things happen to him. But yet, he worshipped the Lord. <laughs> Amen? And then... Uh, he said, naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. He wasn't, his, his life wasn't centered in materialism. Amen? The Lord gave, <clears throat> and the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. He didn't attribute to God, what happened? He didn't charge God. He didn't murmur <clears throat> against God. He didn't say anything wrong about God. Job, in intense grief, reacted in humility and submission to God and worship. <laughs> Job's continuous reaction was, you know, doubt, anger, 
and a sense of isolation from God. You know, we see here, you know, that uh, in uh, chapter, um, goes on in chapter 2, praise God. So when Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord and smote uh, Job with boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown, and he took him a posture to scrape himself withal, and he, amen, sit down among the ashes. Well, you're doing that, you know, you're humbling yourself, amen, before God. Then said his wife, you know, you know, dost thou still retain thine integrity, curse God, and die? But he said unto her, he must have been very disappointed in her, but he said unto her, thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. Amen. Hallelujah. Job continues in reaction with doubt, anger, and a sense of isolation from God. Even in the time of darkness and wavering faith, he did not turn against God. And we don't have time to talk about it, but I mean, he was depressed and, and everything, but we'll talk about that more here. But he openly, this is the thing, he openly expressed his protest he didn't charge God, didn't sin against God, he didn't blame God, but he openly expressed his protests and feelings to him. We should ask God for his grace in going through things. And then ask what is the meaning of this? What is the purpose of this? That we might understand why we might be going through this. What, you know, God have a purpose. He had questions for God, but he trusted in him in the process. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. God accepted him with all of his questions. All of his questions. Amen. They weren't, he wasn't murmuring. He was just questioning. <laughs> and praised him at the end saying, what is right? Job's final answer was in humility and, praise God, re revelation. Go to the chapter 42. Go to the end, praise God. Chapter 42. Amen. So then answered Job, verse 1. Then answered the Lord and said, then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Who is he that hideth counsel with knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me which I knew not. So his final answer was in humility and submission that he received, you know, he goes on, I beseech thee, and I will speak, I will demand of thee, and do declare, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eyes see thee, seeth thee, 
Wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. And so that God, he meant his final answer in humility and submission to God in, in revelation through everything that he went, he then has a revelation so he understands the purpose. Amen. He had the revelation that God, amen, does all things well. Amen. That everything God permits, he does with wisdom and purpose. Even though things suddenly aren't from God, God's in control and, you know, uh, the enemy cannot do anything in our lives, amen, unless God allows it. He, he, you know, he does with wisdom and purpose. Even the suffering of the righteous has meaning and purpose. Even what we go through, the trials, the suffering, and everything, praise God, there is a purpose. All things work together for good to them that love God, who are called according to his purpose. Amen. It's all about him. Amen. So he uttered that he understood not. That God's ways are beyond human comprehension. Sometimes we don't understand. You know, we sing the song, of course, we'll understand it in the by and by. But there's things sometimes that we do not understand. That God's ways are beyond our human comprehension. His thoughts and ways are much higher than our ways and our thoughts. Job's, Job had uttered God's way were unjust. All of, uh, up until chapter 42, all these, you know, questions he's having everything, he th and, and all that he was going through, he thought God was unjust. Job, although did not sin, he just misunderstood until he received a revelation from God. Okay? His mis misunderstanding had to be uh, him to be believe that, you know, he, his misunderstanding was that God is an imperfect God. That God was an imperfect God. His new revelation from God changed his old perspective. His committing himself to God in faith and hope and love while suffering and not knowing the why of it all. Let me say that one again. Amen. Faith and hope and love while suffering and not knowing the why of it all. Job proved Satan's accusation was wrong. Amen. And what I, I just love this, praise God, that, you know, you and I, he goes here, I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. What is he saying? He's saying, I'm going to demand of you, now I understand that you're a good God. Now I understand that you want to bless me. 
in spite of everything that has happened. I want you to know that, that God loves me, that God is a good God, that God is, is with me. And he's declaring, he's decreeing what God is going to do for him. Now we all know the end result. We know what God told the three friends and how that he gave, they all gave him uh, wealth and people gave, and people, all the people gave him wealth and, and he had twice as much as he had before. <clears throat> but the thing of it is, he realized that God had a purpose for him going through this. And as a result of the purpose, praise God, we know in the New Testament of the patience of Job. Hallelujah. And how we're patient, praise God. And, and we can demand of God what God, not necessarily, I don't tell you what to do, God. No, what I'm saying is, is that God, you've shown me you're a good God. You have shown me all the promises that you've given me that all, yea and amen, you have declared, praise God, amen, all the riches that we have in Christ Jesus and you supply all of our needs, not just financial needs, every need, emotionally, physically, spiritually, in every aspect of our lives. So I realize and understand, amen, the goodness of God, amen, and that, and that the Lord, amen, has a purpose in what I go through. And sometimes it's difficult and sometimes it's hard. But amen, I demand of God what is mine because of all the promises and what God has said in his word. Amen. But he goes on, the basis of that, <laughs> and declare thou unto me. Okay, he's saying, amen, okay, I can demand of God because God has revealed this to me. I'm not he's not demanding something from God that he's out in left field. He, through his whole process, has come to understand the goodness of God, and God is a God of love and everything, so he's come to understand that, and what God has given to him and promised him. And then, you know, what thou art unto me. Praise God. Job realizes, amen, that not only that he understands and the purpose and what God is going to do for him, but he understands how much God loves him, how much God cares for him. Praise God. Amen. That, uh, you know, when he was going through the trial and everything, you know, at one point he felt like he was isolated from God. Amen? And sometimes we feel that way. But we know that God loves us. We know that God is with us. Amen? So we can not only, you know, demand of God or believe God for what God has given to us, and understand, praise God, that even though I go through something and everything, praise God, I can believe God, praise God, for what God has promised me, and he's a good God, amen. We don't understand why bad things happen to good people. But we do understand, praise God, that when bad things happen to good people, our God of love and mercy and grace, praise God, is there to lift us up and tells us to cast all of our cares upon him because he cares for us. Oh, that we could come 
praise God, and, and, and through the things that we go through, that we could have the revelation and under the understanding, praise God, of what he has, that God is that God of love, that God is, cares about us, and, and God wants to help us, and, and God wants to provide for us, and, and God wants to minister uh, to our needs as we demand it, as we, we declare what is ours in Christ. But at the same time, praise God, we realize what thou, he says, what thou art, I declare thou unto me. In other words, he's declaring what God means to him. It isn't just about what God can do for him and what God, what God is understanding and the purpose. Amen. He went through this and God's going to do something for him. Amen. But he also, praise God, what God, what I mean to God and what God means to me. You know, that how much I love him. What does Jesus mean to you and I tonight? In the midst of struggles and trials, that we understand what he has provided for us, but we also understand what he means to us, you know, and how much he loves us and how much we love him. Praise God. We know that love, you know, we, we've heard it recently. You know, love, you know, bears all things. Lord endures all things. Lord, uh, love believes all things, you know. Love never ends. The power of love. Amen. And when we read the first Corinthians, the 13th chapter, we find out there's no prophecy, no faith, uh, no, no giving to the poor, no nothing. Nothing that we do, praise God, if love is, love is the motivating power behind everything that's done. And our love for him and his love for us, praise God. Now, I love it, praise God, because, you know, uh, Job acknowledged his error and was ready to submit and, and serve God no matter what happened in his life. He would fear and love God for God's own sake. Amen. With or without his health, regardless of any personal gain, he was going to serve God. He was going to love God. And he knew that God loved him. And what goes on to say in verse 7, amen, and it was so. Whether I, you know, first of all, when he had that understanding, praise God, he humbled himself. Amen. He, he repented. Amen. Now I see, you know, I have heard of thee, but the hearing of the ear, but now I see you. Wherefore, I abhor myself, repent in dust and ashes. In other words, um, you know, he's saying in essence, you know, I, I you know, never should have had all these questions. I never should have questioned your love. I never should have questioned who you, you, you know, I mean, he didn't blame God, but, it, but he, had, he had questions, you know, and uh, so, you know, I repent of that, you know, and, and, and dust and ashes. And, and, and he was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord, amen, said unto Eliphaz in the, in the, my wrath is kindled against thee and against two friends, for you have not spoken of me the thing that is right as my servant Job hath. Now, 
He had this revelation. He spoke what God wanted him to speak. Amen? He had this revelation and this understanding that now he has proclaimed, amen, that, that God is a good God, that God is a loving God, that God has a purpose in everything he does. And, and uh, you know, that, um, you know, he has this, the, the knowledge and everything, you know. So, um, and you didn't, you didn't say the right things. But Job, through going through all this, now has come to a point where he has, you know, decreed or demanded of God what is, what, what is his and, he, and, and has this love for God, the way, you know, that he should have this love for God, amen, and, that, that, and declare thou unto me that, you know, how that, you know, how good you are and your attributes and your love and everything, but you, you didn't speak the right words. Amen, as my servant Job had. You see, when he came to a revelation and he understood, then he spoke it. Amen. But they were all the time speaking things into Job and about Job and everything that wasn't from God. And, and sometimes we have to be careful when we're going through something in our lives because some people have good intentions, but sometimes people say the wrong thing. You know? Just like if uh, somebody's family member drops dead tonight. Right? They drop dead. Well, that's not the time to go to them and say, and we know all things work together for the good, then let me love God. You know, there's times uh, that you don't, that you have to watch what you say, you know. Sometimes people, Christians sometimes, and sometimes the way they say things and, to other Christians and everything, they make them feel like they're a failure. They make them feel like there's something wrong with them because they are going through something in their lives. Rather than speaking words of encouragement and love, amen, to lift them up, praise the Lord. And sometimes... People don't need to hear anything from you. All they need to know is that God loves them and you love them. I mean, you can give them a scripture or whatever, but, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, you come to church, you're going through something, and we have a church that loves each other. We have a church that cares about each other. So sometimes we don't know what cross you're bearing when you walk through that door. We don't know what what you, your day was. We don't know what you've gone through this week. But God does. And even if nobody else knows, praise the Lord, sometimes all you need is a kind word and a hug and somebody to, hey man, to show love to you so that you know that you're not alone. I mean, some, we're not an island to ourselves. We, we need God to, you know, the love of God is expressed through the body of Christ, through flesh and blood. That's how the love of God is expressed. And so it's expressed one to another. We love one another, so it's expressed. And so sometimes somebody, a man just hugs you and, you know, and says, oh, you know, a God gave me a scripture for you, you know. And, then, and you don't elaborate on it. You don't, uh, you know, ask them, oh, what, what's all the things that's going on in your life and everything? 
give you a grocery list and everything. That's not needed. There's times where people have to share, but that's not needed all the time. Sometimes it's just a matter of God's people gathering together, loving God, worshiping God, and loving each other. You know? <clears throat> and he didn't have the right words. So, praise God. But if we have that, we understand, amen, what God has, that we can decree from God, what's ours in God as children of God, and that what, what he is to us and, you know, as, as Christians and his love for us and his goodness to us and everything, we serve a good God. We serve a good God. And we all know, we're all mature enough to know that some people, and some church people, unfortunately, over the years, something bad happens to them, it's God's fault. You know, God didn't, God, you know, uh, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> you know, and uh, so it's, it's God's fault. Just like the, the young man I told you years ago, and I, about the one guy in my church in Maine, he told me, well, he went to Kenny Copeland meeting, and well, it was fine, and he, his faith was encouraged. Well, I'm going to quit my job. He had two or three kids. I know he had two. I'm going to quit my job and everything. I'm just going to trust God. God wants me to quit my job and so I can minister and, and do what God wants me to do. Well, it wasn't long before I had to take him food because he wasn't providing for his family. And he who doesn't provide for his family is worse than an infidel. So I had to take him aside, and teach him a lesson. I said, you know, I said, God can provide for you through working and open doors just as well as you're not working. Just like we had a, a friend in Aurora, Illinois, when we were pastoring in Joliet. And he said the same thing. He told me that, you know, well, you don't have enough faith, brother. We were making 20, uh, we had two children and we were making 2250 a, a, a week. We had our utilities paid, but we were only making 2250 a week. <laughs> so he said to me, you know, I, I, was, I was working a job in a, in a factory and everything, and uh, it was a good job. And, uh, and my, my tithe and everything really helped the church at that time. But he said to me, oh, you, you don't have faith and everything and stuff. But um, it wasn't long that we visited them. And the little girl, her bottom was showing because her pants were so small on her. They didn't have clothes and didn't have what they needed to have. So this one that didn't have faith, you know, that was working to provide, that didn't have faith, my wife and I, and she picked them out, so we went out and bought clothes for their kids. You see, but I, we didn't put him down, and we didn't, whatever, you know, but um, sometimes um, people want to set their own standards or, 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 or own way of doing things, you know, and then uh, uh, where am I now? Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Well, you know, we believe, oh, that's what it was. We can believe God and demand of God what, what, you know, promises. But, you know, God helps them to help themselves, you know. And uh, anyways, and all that was said, 
And praise God. And so, uh, and it says in uh, verse 9, uh, you know, the Elevays and, and Bilidad and the Shuaid and Sophar and all them people did according as the Lord commanded them. The Lord also accepted Job. Job's, his, the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came there unto him all his brethren and all his sisters and all they, I told you he was a generous person, acquaintances before and did eat bread with him in his house. And they bemoaned him and comforted him over all the evil the Lord had brought upon him. You know, sometimes maybe people aren't there at the beginning, but sometimes you know, they, they hear from God and, and you know, and they, would, and, and they do come across and they do help, praise God. The Lord had brought upon him every man also gave him a piece of money, every one an earring. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than the beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep and 6,000 and a thousand, praise God, yoke of oxen and a thousand sheep. And he had also seven sons, three daughters, and he called all the name of the first, uh, well, names all those names, and the woman had found so fair as the daughters of Job. I mean, they're beautiful. And their father gave them inheritance among the brethren. And after Job lived 140 years and saw the sons and the sons' sons, even four generations, so Job died being old, full of days. So all that stuff that happened, we have to understand something. Job understood what he, was, what he went through. He understood God's purpose and you know, in his suffering. God revealed that to him. And God showed him. Amen. That's why he demanded of God for God to meet his needs uh, and, and uh, of what God promised him. I believe that everything that happened as we just read it, all the people, uh, the three uh, friends and all these people coming and giving them money and comforting them and everything, I believe all that was the result of his understanding and what he demanded of God through faith, amen, because he understood that God wanted to be good to him and God wanted to help him, praise God, and God had that purpose and everything. So I believe all that stuff, you know, all that things that happened positive is because he came to understanding and he knew, praise God, and he came to that place, praise God, that... Uh, to declare thou unto me. Amen. The God, what a God, what a wonderful Jesus. What a powerful Jesus we sang about this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. All that. But notice, then he humbled himself. He prayed. Praise God. He, he didn't like himself because of this revelation, this understanding. Amen. It was all good. The purpose and what God he could demand God and, and, and that God, to, you know, his love for him and everything, to what God was to him. But at the same time, he humbled himself before God. Amen. You know, I don't, in other words, I don't like all these questions that I, 
you know, that I've had. I don't like, you know, uh, how that I did not have understanding, praise God, until God re- gave me a revelation. And so he bowed himself before God because of the revelation that God had given to him, amen, and what God was going to do for him. Praise the Lord. I thank God tonight, amen, that, you know, we look at Moses, you look at Jonah, you look at Peter, I mean, you, you look at different people in the Bible, you know, that um, their expectations of themselves, of others, or the circumstances in their lives. I mean, even Abraham had a hard time. He expected Isaac to be born a lot sooner. That's why they try to take things in their own hands rather than continuing to trust God. And then God came to them again and, and told them, Amen, your heir is going to be Isaac. It's not going to be, you know. So, um, anyways, th- th- there's, you know, he expected it. But, you know, God does things as we trust him in his time and his way. Praise God. And so here we have, uh, you know, all different you know, circumstances, different people uh, sometimes disappoint us. Sometimes we disappoint ourselves. But God, amen, we can always, amen, declare who God is, amen, and understand he is still God. He's still on the throne. He still cares for his own. Amen. That's why he says, come on to me, all you labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's why he said, as he quoted this morning, Amen. Come to the throne of grace that thou might obtain mercy and grace in the time of need. Praise God. These are ours in the time that we are living that we need the grace of God. We need the presence of God. We need God's help. Amen. I don't care who we are. Praise the Lord. We need God and, and, and we can decree and praise God and believe for God, demand of God what God has said. But we also have to understand that whatever you're going through, Amen. What Jesus is to you and how much he loves you and how much he cares for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And you know, there's going to maybe circumstances in your life, you know, um, now or in the future, praise God, might be disappointing. People might disappoint you. I, I could talk all night about people that have disappointed me. Praise God. But God still loved them, and I still love them. Amen? And, uh, and sometimes I, I was telling Sally just the other day, or maybe a week or two ago, you know, there the people that um, a person that, you know, gave us a little hard time in our church, you know, I just um, Jim Brown and Patty Brown just came to my mind, and I prayed for them. Amen. I pray for people. You know, I, I, you know who I prayed for. I think it was yesterday or the day before, Sally. Uh, Joanne's husband in our last church, the guy that was chiropractor. Wasn't he a chiropractor? Dennis. Do you know? Do you know his name, Dennis? Is it Dennis? Yeah. But anyways, I prayed for him, you know, um, because he lost his wife. 
after we left, he lost his wife. And they were like this, you know, very much of a part of his, his uh, work and everything, you know. So uh, I prayed for him. You know, I, I, I pray for people sometimes that I went to school with, and I haven't seen them in 50 years or more. I haven't seen them since they left college, but I still pray for them sometimes because the Lord lays them on my heart, you know. And, uh, and then <clears throat> sometimes, you know, I don't just pray for the people, you know, that are just going through, uh, you know, financial needs or uh, physical needs or whatever. But I heard of a, of a classmate. He was a year ahead of me, but uh, failure in his ministry and everything. But I prayed for him because God loves him. And, he's, he, and, he, and, and I know that he's preaching and he's, no, going, he's going on for God, you know. So, amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Well, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, God, for, amen, what, the understanding and the revelation that you give to us. Thank you, Lord, the knowledge that we have that Job didn't have. Because we have his example. We have Moses' example. We have Jonah's example. We have Abraham's example. We have Peter's example. Praise God. And, and so, you know, there's disappointments in life. And, but we thank you that you love us like you revealed to um, Job. And we thank you, God, amen, that you have given us exceeding and precious promises. Amen. You, that God, that you, have, you supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory. Amen. That you have, uh, that we might know what is the hope of our calling and what is the riches of the inheritance of the saint and what is, praise God, hallelujah, the power to us word who believe, praise God. We thank you, Jesus, tonight, and we pray, God, that we have the understanding that no matter what we go through, no matter what happens in our lives, no one ever cared for us like Jesus. What you have done for us on the cross of Calvary, amen, we realize tonight your great love for us. And we ask, Lord, you minister to us, and God, help us, Lord, to overcome the disappointments in life. Help those that are, amen, going through disappointing circumstances right now. Praise God. Hallelujah. And that they can know, amen, they can demand, and they can, they can believe, praise God, for whatever it is in their lives because of your promises. And that they can know, praise God, like Job come to understand how much you love them no matter what they're going through. And we'll give you all the glory and the praise and the honor in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friends so kind as he. No one else could take sin and sin and follow me. No one ever cared for me. Well, don't remember all the words. Do you remember them, Sally? 
No one ever cared for me like Jesus. No one ever cared for me like him. No one ever picked No one ever no one else could ever take the sin and darkness from me. Oh how much he cares for me. That was Sally's mother's favorite praise God. Don't ever underestimate God's love and how much God cares for you. Praise God. You know, when um, they were threatened, I always think of this, when they were threatened, you know, the Spirit of God filled all the place, they filled the place where they were and, and filled them with the Holy Ghost and great grace was upon them. The greater the trial, the greater the grace. Amen. God's grace, that, that scripture got me through a lot. God's grace is sufficient. You know, I, 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 I guess that's what I did in my ministry or in my personal life when we went through so many trials and everything. I, you know, and I went through that time where I thought I was losing it, you know, and I just quoted scripture all the time. But you know what? That's what, when we do that, that we're, that we're doing like Job did. We're demanding of the Lord. Amen. Because, you know, I can say, you know, that I used to quote, his grace is sufficient for me. He said, my grace is sufficient. Praise God. No matter what I go through, his grace, his power, his presence, his blessing, amen, is sufficient for anything I go through. It's wonderful. Praise God. Hallelujah. I quoted that scripture God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I, I quote that scripture, praise God, fear not, for I am with you, be not dismayed. I like that one. You know, fear not, I am with you, be not dismayed, don't get discouraged. Amen, because I'm going to help you, I'm going to strengthen you and uphold you by the right hand of my righteousness. I used to quote that, praise God. I, you know, thank God for the word of God. Um, I was going to say something. Miracles cause us to believe. You know, we see miracles take place. And the miracles uh, that Jesus did, is said, you know, John said, these, these were written that you might believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and believing, you know, you might have eternal life. So um, the, the Holy Spirit and miracles that take place in our lives, amen, um, they, you know, cause us to believe that God is God, you know, and they and give us faith. But some, sometimes when the feeling's not there, the Word's there. Amen? The Word, the Holy Spirit and the Word work together, you know, and um, Jesus is the Word, the Holy Spirit, and the Father's love, amen, praise God, is filtered through Jesus and the Holy Spirit to our lives, Amen? So uh, that uh, we have to realize that, that you know the word of God. Because I, I um, when Sally was in the hospital, that was a very difficult time for me. I was home by myself. I had you know I stayed all day with her, and then, but then I had to go home, especially when she was in the intensive care. 
uh, they wouldn't let me stay, you know. So I'd go home, and I was by myself, you know. And I tell you, you know, I felt like a little bit like Job. I felt isolated. I felt alone and everything. Praise God. And the one thing that helped me was the Word of God and the Word of God that I stored up that I could quote and I could, you know, like I was just doing. Amen. The Word of God that stored up everything. But also praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. That, that got me through that because that was a very difficult time for me, you know. Because I'm thinking, okay, my expectation was I'm retired now. I've moved to be with Greg. I'm retired. Everything's going to be good. It's supposed to be all right. It's supposed to be a happy time, you know. And we wasn't there not long at all. And when, when Sally uh, had the septus and the E. coli in her bloodstream, and finally, and boy, it was a long time before she got over that and the pills she took and everything else, you know. It was a very trying time, but, uh, you know, God is faithful. Praise the Lord. And we can believe the Lord for his promises, but we also, and I, we believe, amen, but we also, amen, the Holy Spirit ministered to us and, and also his love for me. I mean, I, I just sensed his love. I sensed he was with me during that. Okay, I got to shut up. This is, I'm, I'm talking too much now. All right, <laughs> praise the Lord. Amen. Did we, I close in prayer? Did I close in prayer? Okay. Amen. Well, I love you guys. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Lord bless you. Thank you.